Uh, Matthew chapter number one, and of course, this Christmas season, um, I love Christmas season because I, I love to talk about my Savior. And, um, and the fact that he came um, in, in chapter one, verse 18, starts out, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Uh, so the story uh, of the Lord coming uh, kind of kick things off here in Matthew chapter number one. We'll talk a lot about it um, the rest of this month um, as the Lord leads. Uh, but let's read there chapter one, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus." Let's pray, God, we love you. We thank you, God, for the opportunity and the privilege of meeting together in your house today. Father, I pray that, Lord, uh, my thoughts would be only directed by you. Lord, my mouth would only speak what you'd have me to say. I know the notes you gave me. I know the study. Lord, I yield to you. I just pray that, God, you just please work as only you can. May the Spirit of God, who only leads us in truth, lead all of us today. I pray you keep a hedge about this place and remove any distractions. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, you just uh, Lord, do a mighty work in all of our lives. If there's be anyone here today that is not saved, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. I pray they'd come forward, even right now in their seat. Lord, even in the middle of this sermon, they'd stop and accept you as their Savior. And Father, I pray for all of us who are believers. God, you'd help us today, strengthen us, encourage us, edify us, rebuke us, whatever our spiritual need is, I pray we'd find it in your word. God, we love you so much, in Christ's name we pray, amen. Here in Matthew chapter number one, this Christmas season, we find here, uh, it all started with Mary, who is uh, espoused or engaged to be married to Joseph. Um, Again, uh, the Bible says there, um, in verse number 18, uh, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph um, before they came together. And that's really important. We'll get to that in just a second. But Mary was um, not just a young lady. Uh, Mary was a virgin. Mary and Joseph had kept themselves pure. That is very important. The Christ child, there had to be a virgin birth. If it was not a virgin birth, then he would have no merit to die for our sins, because he would have the same problem we have. But this was not a typical birth, amen? Uh, but Mary uh, and he, uh, Joseph, they kept themselves pure, and the Holy Ghost worked a miracle, and that she was found with child. 
The book of Luke describes it, and we'll look at it in just a second. Then we are introduced to Joseph, and Joseph finds out, and Joseph is referred to as being a just man uh, there in verse number 19. Um, now, understand this. You know, he says, well, they called him husband and wife, but they were espoused or they were engaged. And the Jews, when they were espoused or our terminology engaged, um, it took a bill of divorcement to nullify that engagement. And, um, and that's what Joseph was, when he found out that she was with child, his mind just went to the fact that she must have been unfaithful to him and he was going to seek a bill of divorcement and put her away. But he didn't want to make an open show of it. He loved her. He didn't want, and so he just wanted to do it privily to protect her as much as he could. Of course, that wasn't the case. She had not been unfaithful. The Holy Ghost had worked a miracle. But uh, Joseph was, the Bible says, a just man. And uh, I love the fact here, and uh, we went out to dinner, uh, Brother Wilder, myself, Alex, and um, Joshua, and uh, out with uh, Pastor Andy Sturm, doing all the ladies' fellowship was going on Friday night, and uh, he was preaching on this passage this morning as well. And, um, and so we started talking about things, and, and uh, he, he brought this out, that the very first thing that the angel spoke to Joseph uh, and he asked me, so what was the first thing he said? And I said, fear not. He goes, nope. And then I started thinking, and I, and I got it. It took me a second. But, uh, but it was, the angel said, Joseph, thou son of David. Which is really important. Because Joseph felt, by this time, Joseph felt like a nobody. But the angel reminds him that you're still someone. Because that line of Christ was still there. And uh, sometimes the devil likes to whisper in our ears that, we're useless, we're a nobody, but friend, through God, God can do amazing things through any life surrendered to him. So he reminds him of that, and so Joseph, though, he hears and he's thinking about all these things, and as he's thinking about Mary, probably his heart's broken, he's confused, he probably, in his mind, says, I need to put her away, she's been unfaithful, but something didn't seem right about it all, that's just not who Mary was. And as he's thinking on these things, an angel appears to him, there in verse number 20, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, that for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The angel gives this message to Joseph. And I want to look at real quick this message to Joseph, just a really simple message, but something for us to think on as we enter this Christmas season. We're two weeks from Christmas. And I want us to think about some things. Number one, I want us to consider in this message that was given to Joseph that this birth, it was planned. It was planned. In verse number 20, it says, that For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It was planned. Um, this uh, uh, coming of Christ... I believe it's something that, and I know time doesn't exist with God, and don't misunderstand me what I'm saying, but God, it was on God's calendar. You get what I'm saying, too. God knew what was coming, the whole world, and the events, the hundreds and a thousand years before uh, the, the birth of Christ. God was setting in motion everything that needed to be right in place for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ at just the right time, at just the right moment, in just the right environment. 
and, uh, and, uh, and understand this, that uh, again, according to that verse there, that this, the birth of Christ and the conception of Christ was Holy Spirit planted. The Holy Spirit did that. Uh, look over real quick, we'll come right back to Matthew, but in Luke chapter number 1. In Luke chapter number 1, I want you to see in verse number 35, and don't expect me to go in great detail about this, this is, it's why it's called a miracle. You can't explain all miracles, otherwise they wouldn't be miracles, amen? And the conception of Christ was a miracle. Um, she was a virgin, and the Holy Spirit, as the Bible says here in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 35, it says this, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now listen, what happened? All I can tell you is what the Bible said, that the Holy Ghost came upon Mary, and that the power of the highest overshadowed her, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was placed in Mary's womb. This was a miracle. This uh, did not happen by chance. It did not happen by uh, just uh, uh, physical means. This was a miracle of God that this child that was found in Mary was not born of man. This was conceived of the Holy Ghost. This child was not just a person. This is and was and will always be the Son of God. Why that's important is because if that would have been any typical man had an earthly father and an earthly mother, he could not die for our sins. Because all men born of man and woman, we all have a sinful being. We all are born spiritually dead. All of us have this, this uh, sin curse upon us. For by one man, Adam, all have sinned. And we all have been passed along this, this, uh, this desire, our flesh, it wants to sin. And we're all sinners because we've all sinned, every one of us. But Jesus, his conception, his birth, his life, his death, his eternity is pure and spotless and without sin. Because he is the son of God. He is the Lord. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is that one that was promised would come. He came and praised the Lord. Holy Spirit planted. But secondly, I want you to know it was planned and that the Holy Scriptures prophesied it. Back in our text in Matthew chapter 1 and in verse number 22, um, the, the, the Scriptures rehearsed this to us. It says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The scriptures prophesied this. What this uh, is referring to is way back in Isaiah, in chapter number 7. I can read it to you real quick, or if you can beat me there. Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14. The prophet Isaiah prophesied, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This was a sign. This was a sign to the Jewish people. This was a sign. Now listen, there are, there are sects of Jews still living in Israel that are looking for this. The Jews don't believe that he's come yet. 
uh, when I was a teenager, got to visit Israel. And uh, the, the tour guide, he stopped outside this little village. I'll never forget it because it's really uh, just, uh, it just shocked me. Uh, but uh, uh, by the way, our tour guide in Israel, his name was Moses. Isn't that awesome? Moses led me through Israel. Uh, but not many of you can say that, right? Uh, but uh, but uh, he, uh, uh, he gave and he stopped outside this little village where all these women were wearing these uh, veils. Their faces were covered and they uh, were wearing dark colors and they walked around and they were just up there doing their thing. And, and he stopped, he said, he goes, I he wants you to know what you're looking at. These are uh, ladies who are virgins, who are pure, who are waiting, hoping they will be chosen to be the one. And I thought, how sad. He's already come. But they don't see that. They choose not to see that. But this, this birth was not something that just happened by chance. It was, it was prophesied in the scriptures. Matter of fact, the prophecies just in the birth of Christ, that alone, if you have doubts whether this book is true, go ahead and run the statistics on everything in the Old Testament happening just as it did in the New Testament thousands of years later. It wasn't by chance. But the prophet prophesied it. The Holy Spirit planted it. The Holy Scriptures prophesied it. But a holy sovereign planned it. In the, old, in, sorry, in the New Testament, in Revelation chapter 13, and I can read this verse to you real quick too, but in Revelation chapter 13 and in verse number 8, I want you to see this real quick. Listen, it says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before the world was ever created, a holy God and His Son knew He would come one day and that He would be the sacrifice before the foundation of the world. He was the Lamb slain. It was planned by God. So back in Matthew, we see that this message that is a message that these things were planned. But number two, and probably most importantly, there was a purpose why he came. There was a purpose. His purpose in verse number 21, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I want you to see his title. The name Jesus. The name Jesus means the God of salvation. He is salvation. There is no other name given whereby men can be saved but the name of Jesus. Jesus said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, through Jesus. We sing a song today. There's just something special about that name. And that says it lightly. One day at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He is salvation. The name given was not, again, it was a name that was used. It wasn't like he was the only one with the name Jesus. It was a, it was a name, but in the Old Testament, it's the name of Joshua. The name Joshua is the same. And matter of fact, they're used interchangeably. Uh, if you want to 
uh, while I'm talking, Acts chapter 7, verse 45, it, it, it uses the name Jesus instead of Joshua and talking about how Joshua led them, taking the promised land. And then that, just that name right there makes me stop and think. There are two in the Old Testament that we knew as the name of Joshua, which is the name Jesus, and that's Joshua who led the people of Israel and, and, and to victory and taking the promised land. He was the captain of the host. There was a Joshua in the book of Zechariah who was the high priest who spoke and made, made atonement. I think both of those are fitting for our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the great high priest, amen, and he is the captain of the host, the captain of victory. Listen, the Canaan land, you can makes good songs, and I understand that, all right? But Canaan land cannot be a picture of heaven, because when I get to heaven, I don't have to conquer a bunch of enemies. When I get to heaven, there's not going to be a bunch of battles, there's not going to be a bunch of failures and losses. When I get to heaven, it's all settled, praise the Lord. But Canaan land's a picture of the, the victorious Christian life, that as we follow the Lord and seek the Lord and do His will, there is always victory going to be there. Jesus, the name means salvation. His title says it all. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the great high priest. He's the one who gives us victory. He's the one who makes our atonement. He is the one who leads us. He is the one who speaks for us. Praise the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see his title, but I want you to consider his target or his goal. In verse 21, it says, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. He shall save their people his people from their sins. Why he came is not just to have an awesome name, which it is an awesome name, but he came with a purpose, and that name says it all, to save us from our sin. The reason why I have no problem taking time to rejoice and talk about how Jesus came is because I'm thankful that he came, because he came for me. And He came for you. He came for the whole world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. There was not just a few that He selected that He came for. He came for the sins of the whole world. And my friends, He came to save His people from their sins. From what? Why don't you consider these things with me? Number one, and praise the Lord for it, to save us from the penalty of our sin the penalty of our sin you see all of us in this room are sinners if you don't think you are then you're full of pride and there you just lost it right we're all sinners every one of us has sinned the bible says for all of sin to come short of the glory of god i've done wrong you've done wrong we never had to train our children how to do wrong they just came by it naturally I mean, no one had to sit down with me and teach me how to lie or teach me how to steal or teach me how to cheat on a test or teach me to live a selfish life. We all do that because that's what we are. That's what our flesh wants and desires. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. The Bible says even our good works in the eyes of God are but filthy rags. Every one of us are sinners. And the penalty of our sin, the wages of sin is death. That's what I deserve. 
That's all you deserve. Wages is, is uh, you know, what you earned. You know, if I, if I hired, you know, uh, I would never, ever do this, but if I hired Daniel to move some furniture. Just kidding. I've done that like 50 times this year. All right? Yeah, all right? And I hired Daniel to move some furniture. and say, yeah, you know, uh, he moved a uh, couch for me. You know, and I said, hey, uh, I'll give you, you know, 30 bucks. I run it over to my house, right? He does. Uh, he brings it. The couch is put into our house. And, and uh, you know, he sits there and he's kind of hanging out. Yeah, well, I will thank you, Daniel. Yes, sir. It's great. You know, well, I appreciate it. Yuppers. Yeah, he'll look at me. That's what you'd say, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But in the back of his mind, he's thinking, okay, I did the job. Pay up, Pastor, right? 30 bucks. And he's kind of hanging out. Gets awkward because then all of a sudden, I'm like, I haven't paid you. Oh, well, I don't really care. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, right? That's why you've been standing there talking about stupid things. Right? Yeah, right? And I pull out the wallet and I hand him his 30 bucks. He deserved it. He did the work. That's his wages. All of us in this room have sinned. And the wages of our sin is death. The same death that Adam and Eve experienced in the garden. Remember when God told them, now listen, this tree, you're not to eat it. The day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, you say, well, why in the world, did, and this is what people, you know, I, rightfully so, why would, why would God put it in there in the first place? Now, listen, because our choice of a relationship with him is our choice. If we didn't have a choice in the matter, we're nothing but a robot. And God did not create us to be servants, slaves, or robots. God created us for one purpose, to have and enjoy a relationship with each other. God wants us to have a relationship with him. A lot of people just don't get that. It's like the, I asked my wife to marry me in May of 1996. Yeah. See, I was right. And, uh, you know, I set it up. We went several different places that night, and I had a rose at each place. We went out to eat. There was a rose there. I had it planted there. Isn't that nice? Not planted in the ground, but left it on the plate. Went down to Loveland Bike Trail, sat on a bench, and we talked, and there was rose, roses underneath the bench. Isn't that awesome? Went and got ice cream. Rose was there. Isn't that cool? And then we're driving back. I was like, oh, man, i got to stop at the church. And uh, Dad was back there in his little office, which used to be where the bookstore is. And, and, uh, and we walked in the auditorium, and I changed all the spotlights. There were spotlights up here, and they were all shining down on one spot. I said, just come up here. i got to grab some. And hidden in the clean Xbox was a ring. And there were a dozen roses up here. Well, come on, that's romantic. Thank you, all right? I did awesome that night, all right? And I, I asked my wife to marry me right there. And I knelt down on her knee, because that's what every guy should do. Oh, yeah, but you guys are just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right? No, you should. All right? And I asked her to marry me. Now, it was her choice. If I said, Stacy, will you marry me? And I pulled out a 9 millimeter and said, or else. <laughs> That's not a choice. That's abuse. Right? And that's not God. 
He wants a relationship with us. He gave us a choice. He said, Adam, Eve, the day that you eat of that, you shall surely die. They both ate of that. I don't know how long between the time the Lord told them and not, but they ate it. Eve was deceived. Adam chose to. When they ate it, they just dropped over dead. No, that's not what happened, right? He said, well, but the Lord said the day they eat it, they would die. They did. Spiritually, they died. That spiritual part of us is that part that fellowships with the Lord and communes with God. They died. That's why all of a sudden, as soon as they ate it, the spiritual connection with them and God was gone. And all of a sudden, Adam looked at Eve, and Eve looked at Adam and said, You're naked. Which they had been before, they hadn't, because the glory of God was there. The perfection of holiness was there. They both were so ashamed, and they went, and they tried to cover themselves with leaves, and, and man's first attempt at doing something to mask his problem. Then all of a sudden, the voice of God said, Adam, where are you? Because Adam, God still desired a relationship with him. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Stop and think about that, all right? Did Adam, did God know Adam had sinned? Did God know where Adam was? Yes, but he still was calling for Adam. Aren't you glad God never quit calling for us, all right? And he called, and Adam, finally he was hiding himself, and and, and, and finally he stepped out, and, and the Lord saw his problem, and, and a sacrifice was made, an innocent animal was slain, and, and its blood was shed, and, and the skins of that animal was used to cover Adam and Eve's uh, nakedness and shame. And all of that was a picture that one day, the Lamb of God that was settled before the foundation of the world would come one day, His blood would be shed for us, and His righteousness would cover our sin and shame. And praise God that He did that, and that's why He came to this world. And the fact is this, that He paid the penalty for our sin. He is the only one who could pay that. And that's why the Bible says the moment we believe, Ephesians says, you have He quickened or made alive. The moment that you accept Christ as your Savior, all of a sudden that spiritual part of you is alive again. And now you have a relationship with God and can enjoy a fellowship with God because Jesus paid the penalty of our sin. And he's the only one who could do it because he is God. And his blood that was shed was holy and pure and spotless. It was the blood of God. He paid the penalty for our sin. And it says that he, his name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from his sin, the penalty of sin. But praise the Lord for this, Christian. He also has delivered us from the power of sin. Sin no longer reigns in your life. You know why before salvation, we just sin because that's what we do? Because sin reigned in our life. It controlled us. We only knew to live according to one thing, our flesh. And our flesh loves sin. And we sin because that's what our flesh wanted to do. And our, our, the power of sin had control of our lives. And that's why Jesus looked at some lost folks in the New Testament and during his ministry, and he said, Here of your father, the devil, and his will ye will do. They were under the power of sin. There is the power of darkness. 
an evil world that's out there, spiritual wickedness in high places. And it's real, and it's controlling. You look at the world today, and you, you, know, you see so much. Uh, there's this one guy at the nursing home on Thursdays. His name's Tom. Tom's a good guy, all right? Uh, Tom Vesuvius, um, just like the volcano. Uh, but uh, but uh, Tom, uh, and uh, he, he always requests prayer every week. He says, pray for the fighting in the Ukraine, or pray for the, uh, the, 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 the violence down in Cincinnati, or pray, and he always he pays attention to world events, and he prays for all the, the terribleness and the people being killed and the natural disasters and, and whatever's going on. And I, and I always follow his prayer request is, oh, if they only knew the Lord. Because you know why all this stuff is going on? It's the power of sin power of darkness you know why you read or listen to the news and you hear of the the abuses and the tragedies the power of sin the power of sin leaves you in a dark place in a dark world without hope and the only thing anyone living under the power of sin has to look forward to are brief moments of escape through pleasures of sin that never last, that are but for a moment, and then they're gone. And they live through this cycle of living in this darkness and wanting hope but can't find hope and, and running through addictions and wandering through life and, and trying to mask all of their problems because the power of sin is real. But the day that Jesus Christ came, the day that he died upon the cross, the day that he rose again, those things that Christ did for us, he did it to save his people from their sins. Not just the penalty of sin, but the Bible says this, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. It doesn't mean we've never done anything wrong since we got saved. It means this. Sin doesn't have the power over you anymore. God removed the power of sin. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We have victory today. The sin does not control you, child of God. Sin doesn't have dominion over you, child of God. Yeah, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I know I did that. The devil made me do it. Wrong. Not if you're saved. If you're a child of God, you say, but I really felt tempted. I'm sure you did. I do too. But the reason you and I sin, if we do, is because we choose to. Not because it controls us. Because God delivered us from the power of sin. And I'm thankful, Colossians 1 says, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption for our sins, even the for, redemption, even the forgiveness of our sins. I am thankful that the moment you got saved, he delivered you from the power of darkness. It no longer controls you. And he also put us in the kingdom of his dear son. We have a new king now. Amen. So he shall save his people from their sins, from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. And one day, I just got to mention this, one day from the very presence of sin. Someday we are going to heaven. And we'll never have to deal with sin again. And all that sin is associated with, the hurt, 
pain, the tears, sorrow, the regret, the guilt, death. It's forever put away from us. What a day that will be. Amen. So you see his salvation, the message of Joseph is that it was planned and had a purpose. But I want you to see one last thing. The message to Joseph was one that it was planned, a purpose, and it is all about his presence. There in verse number 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The reason for it all is Emmanuel, God with us. He came, and we do not rejoice and party over a manger. I'm thankful he came. I may say more about it tonight, but the fact is this, that Catholics and others like to portray Christ as either being in a manger or in Mary's arms or hanging crucified on a cross and they always portray him in weakness. He is a mighty all-powerful God. And I say Emmanuel with us, God with us is because this, when he was on the cross it was our sins he paid for. When I look back and think about what he did on the cross, I was that was me. And that was you. He paid for our sins. And I thank the Lord he's with us in our life today. Amen. He's with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We've been placed in Christ. No matter where life takes me, I'm still in Christ. And He'll always be with me. You're never alone, my friend. But He's going to be with us for all eternity. I am going to spend an eternity with my Lord and Savior. The reason why Emmanuel is so important and why He came. The Bible says that He would come and it was prophesied and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us, because now we can enjoy that close relationship with God. Which means I have no reason to stumble in this life. If I do, it's my fault. I have no reason to get discouraged and think that life's not worth living because Christ is with me and he's got a purpose. And no matter what mountain I face one day, it's going to be all be put behind me and I'll be with the Lord forever and ever and evermore. I read a story about this little girl named Rachel. She was four years old. She is going through that time um, that most kids go through, at least mine did, all right, where they get scared every night. And they, you know, they just want to sleep. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my dad one time, he was just like, you know, I was was a little kid. I'd be like, I was 15. No, I was, all right, I was a little kid. Probably about four or five. I was getting scared at night. We had just moved in a new house, and I didn't like it. And uh, so I went in there, and I was like, can I, can I sleep in the bed with you? And my dad was like, no. 
I was like, eh. But my mom, who's compassionate, she goes, you can sleep on the floor next to us. I did that for like four months. Slept on the floor. And there was a little, I used to love it because there was a register right there. I used to keep my hand on it and feel the air coming out. That's just a memory in my head. It means nothing to the sermon, but now you know that about me. Um, but I would lay there, and everything was okay. I'd go right to sleep because, you know, mom and dad were there. And this little girl named Rachel, she was four, and uh, she had gotten to a routine. Every night she got into bed there with her mom and her dad, and, and it allowed her to sleep. And uh, her mom had to go out of town to take care of her mom, as the story goes, and so her dad sat down Rachel and said, now, Rachel said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. He said, you're going to go to bed. I'm going to come after I do stuff in the house, and I'll sleep in the top bunk, but you stay in your bed. Rachel's like, okay, Dad. Well, the time that the dad got in the room, Rachel was sound asleep. And dad got up early before Rachel and climbed out of that top bunk and started his day off and a couple hours later, Rachel came out. He said, Rachel, you didn't wake up once. You did awesome. And she said, well, that's because you were in the room with me. And he said, you were asleep when I got in the bed, and you were asleep when I got out. How do you know I was in the bed there? And she said this, because you said you'd be there. The Lord said, Emmanuel, I'll be there. And I can testify, he's always been there. And he always will.